Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is going on, 49ers faithful? Welcome to another episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Network. Uh, my name is Peter Panacey, Associate Editor of NinerNoise.com. Flying solo today, Robert Morrison is off, and oh boy, what a day it is. Recording this on a Tuesday night, but not just any Tuesday of the calendar year. Nope, not at all. This is the opening of 49ers training camp. Tuesday, July 26, players, both veterans and rookies, reporting to the 49ers facility outside of Levi Stadium to get ready for the 2022 season. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to dive into to kind of tackle here as we prepare for training camp and eventually the preseason just a few weeks away. And before you know it, week one will be here. But before we get into all of that, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, a polite ask, if you will. Uh, if you like what you hear on the Niner Noise podcast, either myself and Robert or some of the guests that we have on, we do appreciate it if you would go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us that five-star review. It helps the podcast grow and uh, allows us to uh, really enjoy more of what we do here at Niner Noise, both on the podcast side and also on the written word side, too. So anyway, enough of all of that. I'm sure if you've been paying attention all offseason, you haven't gotten away from the drama that has encompassed quarterbacks Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So anyway, here we are in training camp, and it's kind of getting to that pinnacle point where you have to have some of those questions answered, right? So sure, players were reporting to training camp today, uh, but that's not exactly the big focal point of what you were going to take a look at. No, instead, you're going to be taking a look at what head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch had to say with regards to the team heading into camp. And uh, boy, yeah, quite a few takeaways there that were worth paying attention to. So anyway, with regards to Garoppolo, who is cleared from his shoulder surgery, at least in terms of throwing again, uh, apparently is going through the team physical with the 49ers today, went through one with his own doctor previously, uh, and that could be the next step 
into determining what his future is. But as far as everything that you've heard up to this point about, well, the 49ers might keep Jimmy Garoppolo, or, oh gosh, you know, maybe he's going to still start going into 2022, or if he doesn't, he's going to be an expensive backup. Look, Kyle Shanahan basically put an end to all of that. And, oh, right, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there who are like, well, you know, those are words or words. They don't really mean anything until things are actually happening. And, yeah, there's an argument to be made about that. But Shanahan was about as blunt as possible when he told reporters today that Jimmy was great. He appreciates Garoppolo being around. But this is Trey Lance's team going forward. And I wanted to take, have you take a look, uh, or listen, rather, at this particular soundbite from Shanahan telling exactly what his thoughts were on the uh, topic between Garoppolo and Lance going forward. You know, Jimmy understands where we're at. We understand where we're at. Like, I can't tell you how appreciative I have been of Jimmy and him being here and so appreciative of what he did for us last year. I think Jimmy and we knew what move we made the year before on that. Um, Jimmy did a hell of a job coming to camp and winning that job and taking us real close to the Super Bowl. Um, but we have uh, moved on to Trey. We're starting camp out this way. Um, we think Jimmy would have been traded if the surgery didn't happen. Uh, and it did. He needed to do it. So there's no ill will there at all. Um, but it's good to see that he is healthy. Um, but now it's all just seeing how this will end up. All right, that audio courtesy of the 49ers website, um, Shanahan meeting with the media and basically just confirming what the sound logical argument has been all along, right? The 49ers traded three draft picks in 2001 to move up and grab Trey Lance. Garoppolo goes into 2021 kind of in a lame duck year, right? Lance needed a year to develop. Garoppolo was still the guy. Shanahan appreciates what Garoppolo did during that time frame beforehand. Of course, that all makes sense. But going forward, this is going to be Trey Lance's team. And for any, any doubt, Shanahan answered this later on of, of what Garoppolo's future is going to be. So for those of you out there who are thinking that the 49ers could still keep Garoppolo as a backup or whatever it might be, uh, no, it, it really doesn't boil down to that. And I quote Shanahan here where he said, quote, this is Trey's team and that's nothing against Jimmy. We made that decision a year ago and we're going with that and we're not going to mess around with that anymore. End quote. So if you go through the entire press conference from Tuesday, you'll hear this from Shanahan, that it sounds like all parties, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, probably Trey Lance too, they want to move towards a resolution. They don't want this sort of awkward circus that, you know, we talked here on the Niner Noise pod when uh, when Al Sacco of the No Huddle podcast came over and, and, and broke it down. No more circus acts. No more of that weird competition that goes back and forth between Lance, Garoppolo, Garoppolo, Lance, what's going to happen going forward? It sounds like that's going to finally come to an end. And to be honest with you, what a relief. What a relief. <laughs> I mean... Whatever your thoughts are on Garoppolo, whatever your thoughts are on Lance, you're not going to be sitting here wondering about what's going to happen any, for much longer, right? And who knows how the timetable works out. Again, if Jimmy G is going to be on the move imminently, I don't know. Is, is, is he going to be traded within the next few weeks? Is he going to be outright released if there's no market? No clue. We'll get to that in a little bit. But a few other points that are just kind of worth highlighting from this press conference, right? It, one of the things that I thought was pretty humorous, a humorous story, a, a silly one. So, of course, if you've paid attention to anything over the course of the offseason, you'll know that there are some concerns about Trey Lance's arm fitness, whatever that means. 
right? And, and, and maybe, maybe I could understand this to a slight degree, right? Trey Lance's last full-time season or full season as a starter was in 2019 at North Dakota State. Played one game in 2020, rode the bench in 2021 as a rookie, got two starts and played a half quarter against the Seahawks. And of course, he threw during practice and all that sort of stuff too, so that counts. Um, so yeah, okay, I get there might be a little bit of concern. I get there might be a little bit of concern because the 49ers have act- asked him to tweak his motion a little bit. Okay, fine. A little bit of concern with that's okay too. But anyway, when pressed about this whole arm fitness thing, uh, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, that was from a uh, that was from a practice back in 2021. And that sort of worry point is, is stemming off something that happened a year ago. And if you were going to go through that sort of concern, then maybe you would go through that concern in 2021 because, oh, that's right, Trey Lance didn't exactly play much in 2020 aside from that one game. And that includes practices. That includes going through team workouts when North Dakota State, because of the pandemic, canceled all but one game of their season. So again, Kyle Shanahan kind of tried to put a damper on that and said, look, it's, it's, it's no big concern at all. No more than any other quarterback I coached. I'm paraphrasing there what he said. Uh, but yeah, again, one of those narratives that you're certainly going to hear. So anyway, look, anybody who watched Trey Lance throw a ball around in those two games, especially when he had a chance to, to, to dip his shoulder and, and get into one, knows that his arm strength is exceptionally more than what Jimmy Garoppolo's was, right? If you, if you doubt this, do yourself a favor. Go head over to Next Gen Stats. Search that into Google, type it into your phone, whatever it is. Go look at Next Gen Stats and compare two charts. Look at Trey Lance's chart. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo's chart. And I've written about this. You go check over Niner Noise. Like If you want to go look at these, these pictures, they're there too. But literally, go to Next Gen Stats. And a Garoppolo pass chart any given week is going to be, you know, around the line of scrimmage, out 10 yards, and in between the numbers. Trey Lance's pass charts, granted, there's only really two of them, week five and, and, and week 17 last year, but <laughs> especially week 17, so much more spread out, down the field, outside of the numbers, right? So unless Lance actually has, like, reported chronic problems with his arm, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it any more than you would about wear and tear on any other player on the roster. Simple as that. All right, so I, I, I don't want to bore you with all that much stuff about Trey Lance's arm fitness, and by now you're probably sick and hear, sick of hearing it. But anyway, a couple other takeaways from the presser that are obviously worth noting. John Lynch telling everybody that uh, he doesn't want to get excited, quote on that, uh, and, and, and tell everybody that uh, there's something imminent with... Uh, Debo Samuel. It doesn't look as if they are totally close to having some sort of extension. However, if you missed this, Samuel did attend day one. He is there for training camp, so no holdout to report. And you could probably take this two ways. One, Debo's trying to be, you know, serving some good faith, right? He wants to actually show up, support his teammates, probably have those discussions with, uh, with the 49ers front office trying to see where the, the, the front office is with his agent in terms of some sort of extension going forward, or he just doesn't want to be fined. So we talked about this on the previous podcast, how if Debo decided to opt, or not opt out, but hold out of training camp, he could be fined 40000 a day. And that's what the CBA, the current collective bargaining agreement, says for uh, players who are still on their rookie contracts, which Debo is. 
So I don't know about you, but I don't really want to get fined 40000 a day. <laughs> it'd, it'd probably take, what, a, a couple of days before it's like, yeah, there goes my entire yearly salary. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's going to be pretty hefty if he misses out. So anyway, it doesn't sound like anything is imminent. But as anybody who's watched this sort of stuff knows, contract talks... <sighs> they can pick up quickly, right? And they can happen within a day or two where all of a sudden it's, yeah, nothing's imminent. Hey, yeah, we're making some progress. We're excited about everything. And then boom, next thing you know, the 49ers and Debo Samuel agree to a four-year extension worth, I don't know, $110 million with $50 million guaranteed. <laughs> maybe that's my prediction. I don't know. A little bit more than a, a, a 20, maybe $26, 27000000 million a year annual average value whatever I don't know I'm not going to predict that but certainly in that ballpark so either way these things can develop quickly as you might be aware the 49ers do have a history of doing extensions with their top players right around the time of training camp you look back a year ago just before training camp Fred Warner got his extension uh, two years ago just a few days into training camp George Kittle got his so these things can happen quickly and when they do it's just bam done and probably all that happened this offseason the trade requests the the drama the wondering what did Debo Samuel post on his Instagram account probably all gonna go away right and I don't know about you but I'm so excited that that's just gonna be done with right we're gonna look back on this probably in two three months time and say hey you remember when we were worried about Debo Samuel getting traded during the NFL draft huh boy (laughs) a long one long time ago right so anyway That wasn't the only contractual news, however, that the 49ers dished up because, again, unless you have been living under a rock, and we don't blame you for doing that, especially during the offseason, but the 49ers do have another top player who is eligible for extension, and that's uh, pass rusher Nick Bosa. Slight difference, though, because Nick Bosa being a former first-round pick, he just happens to be eligible for that fifth-year option. And the 49ers, of course, naturally and and not surprisingly so, picked up that fifth-year option. And uh, today, John Lynch telling reporters that it doesn't sound like the 49ers are going to focus on a, an extension for Bosa until a year from now. And Lynch basically highlighting, saying, you know, when we've reached that point with players, we typically like to do it a year in advance. And quote, paraphrasing quote, we've got two more years on Nick Bosa. So with that fifth year option, the 49ers do have that opportunity to just kind of see how this year pans out. Wise move, maybe, I don't know. Do you want to see if Bosa can stay healthy after tearing his ACL in 2020? Can he back up what he did in in 2021? 15 and a half sacks, a league high, 21 tackles for a loss. If he does match that or break it, Ooh, boy, that <laughs> extension is going to be expensive. But if Bosa has a little bit of a down year, and I don't really think anybody's hoping for that, maybe it was a smart move for the 49ers to kind of just see how he does. Can you back that, you know, back-to-back years, whatever it might be. But however, one of the things that Lynch did point out is that he said, as long as we're here, he and Kyle Shanahan, uh, Bosa is going to be a member of the Niners. And uh, he will, quote, handsomely, uh end quote, be paid for his services. So uh, if you're worried about Nick Bosa's future with San Francisco, don't. It doesn't sound like this deal or extension is going to happen until a year from now, and that will be that. So anyway, spend a lot of time just chewing up a press conference. 
And maybe this is great just because it's news for the first time as opposed to speculation. I don't know about you, but really the last few months of in, in, in just trying to figure out what's going to happen. Okay, what's a depth chart going to look like? All right, which rookies are in trouble? Who's going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? What's going on with Garoppolo? Is Are the 49ers secretly trying to keep him because they're worried about Trey Lance? I don't know about you, but it was finally nice to hear some concrete chatter, right? Just, just some real concrete chatter from John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. And to be honest with you, I don't care what you believe. If you think that they're all just trying to create a smoke screen for something, cool. If you believe every single word and take it for the gospel, that's cool too. It was just nice to have something to digest and actually run with that and try to figure out what is next. So, of course, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, what is next for Jimmy Garoppolo? So, I'll be straightforward and honest. I have no idea anymore. Uh, the the, the, the offseason quarterback carousel has just continued to be so weird and strange. And, of course, so much of this has revolved around Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, the Browns, the Texans, the Panthers, now the Seahawks, but not the Seahawks. I really don't know. I really don't know. So Jimmy G's trade destination. Obviously, the 49ers probably want to move him and get something in return. You heard both Shanahan and Lynch mention that today during the presser that, yeah, you know, you don't just make a quarterback available for nothing, you know, especially someone who's had a lot of success. So obviously you want to try to get something, but I think the 49ers are still in that position where they can be patient, right? I mean, it's just the start of training camp for all 32 teams. All, by the way, all teams starting training camp by today. So there aren't any teams that are still waiting to start this. So as you might know, all it would take would be a simple injury for a starter or even a high profile backup to suffer in camp or the preseason. And suddenly Garoppolo becomes attractive again right? And it, 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 he becomes a commodity maybe worth targeting. And you think, that, think that's laughable. I brought this up in many articles that I've written and, and on other podcasts. Go back to 2016 when the Minnesota Vikings lost Teddy Bridgewater, their starting quarterback, up-and-coming young player at the time, someone to be really excited about. He suffered that horrendous knee injury, right? And the Vikings were considered a playoff team. They were going to be in contention. So they traded a first-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles who already had Nick Foles, who had just drafted Carson Wentz, and they had this Sam Bradford hanging around as a lame duck on the roster. Clearly nobody wanted him. It, the Eagles traded Bradford for a first-round pick. You know, even bigger a situation than, than, than what Garoppolo's in because he didn't have two guys that were being treated as starters around him. So anyway, you can just get the idea that the scenarios have changed and perhaps something happens. Maybe you take a look at some teams that just absolutely hate their quarterback situations. Uh, and maybe that provides some more competition for, for a Garoppolo, Garoppolo trade market. So we've exhausted this quite a lot. We've talked about some teams already. You know, you mentioned the Browns, right? Oh, what happens with Watson? And oh, Baker Mayfield's finally gone. Uh, even if Watson's suspended for the entire season, and we're still waiting for news for that, it looks like the Browns are going to go with Jacoby Brissett. Right? I, I don't know if that's a great idea. So whatever. That's, that's their decision. Cool. Browns, if you want to do that, fine. Go ahead. But a couple of other teams have kind of started to work their way into the rumor mill a little bit. And this has certainly gotten a little interesting uh, as far as everything's concerned. So Cam Marino... 
uh, an NFL insider who it's pretty well aligned with the Atlanta Falcons. He, he mentioned this early last week, saying that he had heard five teams had inquired about Garoppolo. And of course, this coming out of news from Adam Schefter saying that Garoppolo's camp had he requested permission to seek out a trade, and the 49ers had granted that. That's no, not news. <laughs> That's been the case all offseason. But anyway, uh, Cam Marino reporting the Texans had inquired, the Seahawks had inquired, two names that we're not you know hearing for the first time. But also the Lions, the Falcons, and the Dolphins. Now the Lions are intriguing, right? Jared Goff's there. The Lions are bad, but you know they played in a lot of close games last year. They're feisty. You know Dan Campbell. As much as you want to make fun of him, is is I don't know. He's inspiring, right? So that was a little odd. But the Falcons and Dolphins, okay. You know the Falcons after trading away Matt Ryan. I mean that roster is a joke. That roster is terrible. But aside from the Buccaneers and the Saints to a lesser degree, you know, the NFC South's not good. And Marcus Mariota, their starting quarterback, the guy who's projected to be starting this year, is made of glass. That guy gets hurt all the time. Then the Dolphins. Well, this is a little bit interesting, right? It was almost like that made too much sense, right? Mike McDaniel's down there as head coach. He and Garoppolo obviously have a rapport from McDaniel's time and in San Francisco as an offensive coordinator. A bunch of former Niners have head down there. Raheem Mostert's down there. Uh, Trent Sherfield. Uh, I think, I believe today, Mohamed Sanu, uh, former Niners receiver who was, yeah, he was around the last two years in some capacity. I think he just signed with the Dolphins today, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, but that would indicate that the Dolphins aren't totally convinced with Tua Tagovailoa. And an old colleague of mine here at Fansided, um, Matt Lombardo actually shared this, and I forget who he might have shared it from. It might have been just a source, someone who had talked with him about it. But Lombardo is noting how Garoppolo is way more respected as a leader and as a locker room presence than Tagovailoa is. So I don't know. Again, who knows? But you know, a lot of insiders and, and personalities, this is stuff they just hear, right? And some of it's force-fed as, as a smoke and mirrors campaign. Some of it's legit. You know, Again, this is all the whole big off-season rumor mill game that you hear any given year. Um, but either way, I thought the Dolphins were kind of interesting. And it was interesting to, to at least see that on there. And uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe McDaniel is just looking at Tua and saying, hey, I, this is great. Tua can throw five-yard slants to Tyreek Hill all day. But maybe Garoppolo can do the same, but just needs to be a little bit more of a locker room presence. I don't know. At least none of these quarterbacks have clauses written into their contracts saying you need to study four hours of film a day. Or a week or whatever is Kyler Murray, Murray has to do up with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So anyway, I, I, if I had that worked into my contract, you have to study four hours of film every week. I, I don't know. Don't tell me what I need to do. Let me do my job. Let me enjoy my job. Uh, yeah. Anyway, totally getting off topic here. Don't want to talk about the Cardinals. Don't want to talk about Kyler Murray's weird contract. Let's try to center ourselves here. So again, I did mention this. This is a training camp preview podcast, and I want to really try to hone in on some of these top storylines that you're going to be paying attention to over the next week before the 49ers kick off their first preseason game at home against the Packers. So you're going to be paying attention to Lance. What's Trey Lance doing? Is he going to be jiving with some of his receiving targets, right? I mean, uh, during organized team activities, mandatory minicamp. Debo Samuel was, I mean, he, he was physically there for minicamp. 
but he didn't practice. George Kittle was physically there, but he didn't practice, at least not in the sessions that were open to the media. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was essentially the the, the, the senior most well-established receiver the Niners had out there. Jawan Jennings was out there, too, and it appears that Lance was developing some chemistry with him. But, you know, two of the biggest weapons, Debo, Kittle, you know, those guys need to start working their way in with, uh, with Lance a little bit. Of note, Kittle only has one career pass, or catch, I should say, from Lance, and that was in Week 17 last year. It went for, like, 29 yards, so maybe it's not too big of a deal, but you want to see that chemistry. I want to see what that's like. And I want to see how Trey Lance is doing with the first-team unit, right? You're getting the lion's share of snaps now. You're working with the starters, the starting offensive line, the starting wide receivers, you know, George Kittle, right? You're, you're, you're going up against the first-team defense, you know, Fred Warner. And, and maybe going up against Fred Warner, Bosa, Jimmy Ward, right, Charvarius Ward, I mean, Eric Armstead, maybe that's a good thing. But, again, you go back to last year, and Trey Lance was rounding the scout team. <laughs> you know, during practice. So he was kind of going up against the 49ers' first-team defense a lot. So maybe that's not too big of a deal. But now with Lance pressured into this whole QB1 role, I want to see how he's going to do with that. I'm also curious to see how he manages to hold up behind that offensive line that's kind of, I don't know, you know, it's a little remade. Not worried about left tackle. Somewhat worried about right tackle with Mike McGlinchey coming back from that quad tear. We'll see. He didn't wind up on the uh, PUP list uh, as some other players did. So that's good news. Um, and then Kyle Shanahan, I forgot to mention this earlier during the presser, saying that the center spot with Alex Mack retiring is going to be kind of like a carousel, a rotating door in open competition. So interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, don't know what the foreigners are going to do there. But how's Trey Lance going to work behind that unit? How is he going to go up against the first team unit with the pressure of being the starter? I'm curious to see how that's all going to pan out. But of course, this isn't just what I'm going to be looking at during training camp. There are so many other things of interest. I talked about the offensive line. I, 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 I just I, I don't feel anywhere near confident about what happens at center in the wake of Alex Mack retiring. Jake Brendel, I, I've mentioned this on, on previous podcasts. I've written about this. You know, it, it been in the league since 2016, so kudos to him for that. Three regular season starts. That's a concern, and it looks as if Brendel is going to be the favorite to start. Keaton Sutherland is another candidate in there. Um, you know, he's been in the league, I think, for, for three years now. I think this is, this is his fourth year. He's kind of bounced around a bit as a journeyman backup, like Brendel. I believe he has two regular season starts. So you know, maybe Daniel Brunskill bounces over from right guard to center. But, you know, if you know Shanahan, he doesn't like to move guys left and right and and, and weaken one spot, you know, to, to, to help try to reinforce another spot that's already weakened. That's not his thing. Uh, but it's also not his thing to start young players either at center, right? I mean, it, the 49ers have had younger centers before, but it's... You know, the Alex Max of the world. It's the Weston Richburgs of the world. It's guys who have been around for a little while. So if you're looking at Donovan West, the undrafted free agent out of uh, Arizona State, suddenly just turning heads and starting, I wouldn't count on it. Um, certainly he'd be one of those players, those those UDFAs that you always just kind of hope for and, and, and maybe one or two of them stand out any given year. But we'll see on that. So anyway... The offensive line is going to be interested. Aaron Banks at left guard. How does he come along in year two? Uh, how does the depth work? The Niners using two draft picks on on uh, Spencer Burford and Nick Zakelge. So uh, curious to see how those how those two pan out. 
But then there's some of the other spots that are going to be interesting too, right? What happens at nickel cornerback? I mean, Samuel Womack, the fifth-round rookie, he, he looked excellent by all reports and accounts during OTAs and minicamp. He looked really good. And those were situations where he wasn't allowed to engage in press coverage. You couldn't bump and run, guys. You couldn't actually get up and jam receivers at the line of scrimmage. Granted, most of the 49ers' top receivers weren't practicing anyway, but at least you're going up against NFL-ready competition right then and there. And he looked good. So is Samuel Womack going to continue trending up now that the intensity is going to ramp up a little bit with, with, uh, with the pads going on in a few days? How's he going to look? Or do the 49ers try to you know, do some stopgap sort of stuff at, at nickel cornerback? I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. Strong safety, Talanoa Hufanga, the second-year pro. Maybe he's the guy who winds up securing that role. He got the first-team reps during uh, off-season workouts up to this point. Uh, and and who knows, you know, his, his athleticism, his straight line speed, certainly a question mark last year in limited action. You know, if you believe in the argument that most players make their biggest leaps between years one and two, maybe this is Hufanga's year. I'd love to see it. I'm a little worried, but we'll see it. So, you know, it, it, those are some of the stories that I'm going to be paying attention to. Of course, I'm going to be enjoying looking at a lot of the rookies coming out. I mentioned Samuel Womack how he's going to be. I'm curious to see how the offensive linemen like uh, Donovan West and, and, and Spencer Burford, how they wind up finding their own roles. Of course, Drake Jackson, 49ers top pick. How's his pass rushing look, right? It, like, what's he doing out there? Ty Davis-Price, the third round running back. What's the plan for him? Are the 49ers going to use him as a starter? Kind of this big-bodied physical guy who's going to test out opposing defenses and then it's Elijah Mitchell's show. Uh, from there on out, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. You might be thinking, well, why is a rookie starting? You know, why doesn't Elijah Mitchell start? Kyle Shanahan's done stuff like this, you know? If you look back at 2019, I mentioned this uh, in a few articles that Raheem Mostert, 2019, that was his year to rush, right? Mostert started zero games that year. It was Tevin Coleman getting the starts and then Mostert basically being the closer, right? So maybe Ty Davis Price starts bigger, physical. He tests out opposing defenses and then. It's going to be the Elijah Mitchell show with some Trey Sermon mixed in, Jeff Wilson, who knows. But either way, curious about Ty Davis-Price, Drake Jackson. They'll be a ton of fun to watch. Uh, Danny Gray um, dealt with a little bit of a hamstring issue during OTAs and, and missed minicamp as a result. Tons of speed, questionable hands. Uh, he might be the speed threat, but does he lose out that particular battle to, to Ray Ray McLeod, who has speed too and has way more experience? I'm not sure. So, again, rookies are always a ton of fun to watch. I love watching rookies during their training camp sessions and, and, and seeing how they, you know, how they can climb up the depth chart, usually starting off on third string units. And then if they can move to the second string, it's like, okay, it's a pretty good sign. And, of course, as you know, you get into the preseason and after the first few series, right, you're seeing nothing but backups play. So we all look forward to the preseason. We all get excited about that. But then you're probably sitting there about five minutes in, ten minutes into the preseason going, oh, none of this counts. i still got about a month to go before the football actually means anything. You know, if you're ever trying to find some, some meaning in those preseason games, it's the rookies, right? Look for the rookies. Look for those young players who are trying to, to struggle to get on the roster. Some of those players who might be in danger. You know, even a few second-year guys who you thought were, were, were going to be promising, right? I mentioned this with uh, Diamador Lenore, you know, cornerback who looked really good this time a year ago. 
and then wound up getting benched and and not playing too much down the stretch down the stretch last year for San Francisco, despite the Niners having all kinds of cornerback health issues and and, and just attrition at the position. Lenore wasn't really called upon. And then you think about all the stockpiling the 49ers did at cornerback this offseason. Charvarius Ward, right? Tariq Castro-Fields, Samuel Womack, as I mentioned, bringing back Jason Verrett. Is there going to be room for a Diamador Lenore, right? What happens with Trey Sermon, right? Last year's third-round draft pick, who could effectively be replaced by this year's third-round draft pick, Ty Davis-Price? Maybe not on the roster, but in terms of the role, for sure. So these are some things that are going to be super fun, maybe concerning, but nevertheless entertaining to watch once camp kicks off. And we've got a few weeks of it. Obviously, we know all that. That's going to be something that will be, you know, close to monitoring, checking everything out. Hopefully, the 49ers stay injury-free. I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, if the 49ers can just avoid the injury bug, nothing serious, nothing major, no one out for multiple weeks or the season. Uh, that will constitute a good camp. So obviously the other storylines will be there, but uh, yeah, a fully healthy camp would be okay. So 49ers do have practices scheduled. We have a ton of stuff going up over at Niner Noise for all of you to check out, uh, both to preview training camp and then throughout with all sorts of news, analysis, and updates. And then of course, we're not that far away from that first 49ers preseason game uh, on August 12th against the Packers coming to town, Levi Stadium. I know I can't wait. Uh, it'll be great to see some football again. And uh, even if the <laughs> the action kind of heads south a little bit after those first few uh, series, nevertheless, it will be fun to watch. So anyway, before we sign off for the day, um, once again, just wanted to thank you for sticking with us all the way through and if you like what you hear uh, by all means go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and leave us that five star review leave us comments and don't be afraid to share the Niner Noise podcast with all your 49ers fans family and friends so until next time which will probably be in the middle of training camp or getting ready for the preseason let's go ahead and sound the horn Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.